Well, good morning again. Um, and I am so excited. I still can't believe that Christmas is only a week away um, and how quickly um, like this time has flown. It just seems like it's faster this year. Doesn't it feel like you were just eating turkey at Thanksgiving? I mean, it has just flown by. And, and so I've been really excited and I have enjoyed this. I hope you've enjoyed it for those of you that have been around. Um, you've enjoyed the series as we have just really tried to purposefully kind of move towards Christmas. Because I think so often we get so busy and, and we just um, get all wrapped up in everything else that's going on that we miss all that Christmas has to offer. In fact, the word Advent, I've told you before, it's Latin. It just means coming. I mean, think of there's no greater moment in history. Literally, time was split in half when Christ was born. And it, it has redefined everything on our planet. And so in the midst of all the chaos and, and all the craziness, we have been on this journey of searching for hope, which we know and know for sure that the only sure hope, not a wishful hope, not a wishful thinking, but a sure hope is in Christ. And then we talked about love and this love that we can't even describe or we can't even begin to comprehend, um, a love that we didn't earn that we don't have to earn, that there's nothing we can do, that we're already perfectly loved by God. And then last week we were talking about joy. Joy in the midst of, of heartache, joy in the midst of everything, that joy comes from God himself. And then finally this week, we finally come to our journey um, to peace. And we've been had this kind of motive about following the star, as the wise men kind of followed that star and traveled and kept going and kept going and looking um, for the promise of the Messiah. Um, that's what we continue to do this morning. We, we continue to journey towards, and we continue to journey towards um, peace. And I, I don't know about you, but this probably was the most difficult sermon for me to prepare. I, I don't know, like I know hope, and I'm always hopeful. I, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful all the time. Um, I, I know love and stuff, and I know that God loves me, and joy, yeah, it happens and everything, but the idea of peace, that was hard. And, and I, I honestly, I just, it, it seems to me, and I don't know about you at times, that peace always seems to be that thing that's fleeting away. That, that as we look at our world and we look at our lives and we look at all the kind of the craziness and the chaos and just the insanity that's going on in our planet all the time, it just seems that peace seems to be fleeting away. And I think the problem is, is that we have considered peace that we think peace means calm. Um, and, and that's so when we look out on a lake or we look out on a river or we look out in the water, it's peaceful and it's calm. We think it's calm, but, but that peace is fleeting because nothing stays calm for long. And this morning, what I really want to talk about is the idea that this peace is a peace that we have no idea that maybe we have misjudged or, or misdefined, and, and, and we have just kind of struggled with that. I, I love this. John MacArthur, a great preacher, great theologian today, he says, God can work peace through us only if he has worked peace in us. Those who are in the best circumstances but without God can never find peace. But those in the worst of circumstances but with God need never lack peace. That sounds really good. But how do we get there? That's the question. So that's really what I want to talk about this morning. I want to redefine kind of peace and, and look at what peace actually is um, and how we can experience it. And again, like all of these, like hope, love, and joy, this is not just a Christmas time thing. 
that this is something God provides and offers for us every single day. And so my prayer for us this morning is that as we look at this, as, as we continue this journey, that we are overwhelmed this morning, once again, by God's grace, but by his peace also. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, or in the Old Testament, um, written hundreds and hundreds of years um, before Christ was ever born. And, and we read this, this every year, and I, I don't, hopefully for you, as it's done for me, it's taken a new meaning um, this year for me. But as I always say, these are the only words that are important this morning. These are the only words that matter. My words mean absolutely nothing. And so out of respect for that and as of acknowledgement of the authority of these words, I'm going to ask if you'll just stand with me. If you don't have a Bible, we have them available for you, by the way. You can have one. If you have a wife, if you have an electronic device, you can sign into our Wi-Fi, GBC Guest. Just type in Find More, all lower caps, and you can follow along with that. But in Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Will you pray for me? God, I thank you this morning. God, I thank you for the journey that we have been on to get to this point. God, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the things that are happening in this world around us. God, it's so easy to get wrapped up and overwhelmed with the struggles and with the, with, with the trials and, and with the hurt and with everything that's going on, the needs. God, I pray this morning that you will just calm us that you would quiet our hearts, God, and that you would speak. God, that we would know that we would be overwhelmed. God, that we would be full of your peace. But I pray this morning that these would be your words and not mine. God, that you would hide me. And that, God, you would give us ears to hear and give us a heart to respond. And that we would leave different. We would leave changed. Because we were in your presence. So God, have your way this morning. Do whatever you want to do. Move me out of the way, God. And may you get all the credit. And We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, like I said, I, I kind of struggle... Um, with with this idea of peace and 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 this and this journey um, um, to peace and everything that we're on, because um, you look around the world and it doesn't seem very peaceful. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like well, how does that kind of work with that? Because I, I know, like I I kind of I understand joy that uh, that comes from God and everything, and that even in the midst of like hard stuff, I can have joy, and I understand hope because there is no greater hope, no sure hope, and I definitely understand love. But but peace is that thing that just seems like how how do you get that? Because that that's the thing that lets you sleep at night. That's the thing that wakes you up and says, okay, it doesn't matter what's going on. That's the thing that you can watch the news and say, well, okay. This is what's going to happen. And when I think of peace, I think of probably my all-time favorite hymn is It Is Well. 
And, and I don't know if you know the story of this, um, this hymn. It, it, it is an amazing, amazing hymn. It's, it's, it, like I said, it's one of my favorites, but it was written by a guy named Horatio Spafford. I mean, just beginning with that, I don't think I would be very peaceful if my name was Horatio. I mean, that was a much different time. But, but the story is, is that, that um, Horatio, he had a child. They were in the States. They were living in Chicago, and he had a child that died of pneumonia. And so he took his wife, and he took the rest of his children, and he sent them back to Europe. He said, get on a boat, go back to Europe, and, and I'll take care of some business and stuff, and then I'll come follow you. But about like halfway over, the ship wrecked. And then Horatio gets a letter from his wife saying, ship is lost, All the other four children have died. I'm the only one that survived. And so he immediately gets on another ship and he starts heading over to be with his wife, to comfort with his wife. And when he gets to the place where the ship actually wrecked, and they show him this is where the ship went down and everything, he penned these words, when, when peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's peace. That's, that's insane to me. See, because like I said, I think so often we think peace is actually calm. Peace is when everything, we, we, we experience peace and we live in peace when, when everything is going well. But the truth is, is we don't see peace when everything's going well. We see peace in the midst of hardship. That's when it shows up. In, in fact, peace is central in hardship for those of us that know Christ. And so that's really what I want to talk about this morning, that in the midst of all the chaos of our lives, there is a peace that is offered to us. A peace that goes beyond anything that we can understand, that we can actually live out. But it shows best in hardship. It reveals itself in that. And, and so this morning, there's a couple of things that I, I just want us to hit. The very first thing is this idea of peace in the midst. Peace in the midst of the chaos. Peace in the midst of, of the craziness. And peace in the midst of, of all that's happening in our life. I want you to think about the Christmas story for just a moment. We love that song, Away in the Manger, No Crying He Makes. No, he was a baby. He cried. <laughs> I, I, I almost guarantee, I mean, we think it's such a, we make these nativity scenes and there's little lights sparkling and we look and it's all like really nice and everyone's so calm and everything. It was the exact opposite of that at the time. I mean, you imagine there's Bethlehem was full of people like there were no rooms available anywhere because there was a census being taken and everyone stressed out because when Rome gave a census, it was because they wanted to raise taxes. They wanted to get more money from the people. And so everybody's stressed out there. All the Jews, they already don't like the Romans. And so there's no place to stay. There's bustling going on. People are only looking out for themselves. There's there's. Groups of people are saying, maybe this is a chance for us to overthrow Rome. And so there's rumblings of revolt and there's all kinds of just tension in the air right there. We, we think of Bethlehem as this little sleepy town. But literally, when you walk to Bethlehem, right outside of Bethlehem was a fortress that Herod built. The largest fortress and palace full of soldiers and full of all kinds of people. And so this was the farthest thing from that peaceful little nativity scene that you have under your Christmas tree. Everything was going crazy. Everything was a little, little nuts in there. In fact, turn to Luke chapter 2. You know, we, we like to sing, Silent night, 
holy night. Well, actually, in Luke chapter 2, verse 13, it writes, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, <laughs> praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. The sky erupted. It wasn't a silent night. <laughs> but in the midst of that, in the center of that, we get the message, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And that is an ongoing message. That is a continuous message. Think about this. Later on in Jesus' life, he's, he's in a boat. Storms crashing all over the wave. The waves are crashing over the boat. All the disciples are in there. They're, they're freaking out. They're, they're panicking. And, 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 and you would expect maybe like the tax collector, like Matthew and stuff, who wasn't faithful. But the fishermen were panicking. The ones that knew this lake, that knew the water and knew the storms came up, and they're panicking. And what's Jesus back in the corner asleep? And they come crawling up to him, and they yell out, like, Master, don't you care if we drown? Look what's going on, and look what Jesus does. He stands up in the midst of that story, and he says, Peace, be still. And the storm ceases. And I think for some of us this morning, that's what we need to hear Jesus say. Peace, be still. And the honest truth is that sometimes, yes, Jesus will come in. We pray, God, will you just help us and save us? And he comes in and he calms the storm that's raging around us. But more times than not, he comes to calm us, to calm our hearts. It's, it's, not, the, it's not the circumstances that are going on. It's, it's, it's us that God cares about. It's our heart. It, 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 it's our life and, and and so i believe this morning if you don't hear anything else that jesus is saying to each of us peace be still stop worrying about what's happening out there i'm in control the wind and the waves obey me let your heart do the same but peace be still that, that takes trust. And, and I think this next point is, is, is the most important point because, because I think so often we look at our circumstances and we look at what's going on in the world and in the chaos of all of it and we get so wrapped up in it and we are anything but peaceful. In fact, we are stressed. We are the most stressed out people on the planet. I think, about it, like, I think the number one cause of death is stress. It causes heart problems. Causes that. We get so stressed out. We get so overwhelmed and so pushed to the limit of all that. And we're looking at all these circumstances and we think like there's no peace here. There can't be peace here. Look at the chaos of my life. Look at my bank account. Look at my kids. Look at my job. Look at all this stuff. How can there be peace in that? Because we're looking at the wrong thing. We are looking at, at, at situations. We are looking at circumstances when we need to understand first and foremost and finally that peace is a person. That's the good news of Christmas. Peace is not a feeling. It's not a circumstance. It's not a state of being. Peace is a person. 
That's the difference. When we look at peace and we say peace has to be where my bank account is full and I have plenty of money to pay my bills and make some little savings, when, when my retirement is all set, when I have my house paid off, when I have the right car, the right job, or the right husband, the right wife, and, and all that stuff, these things will give me peace. None of those things will give us peace because peace doesn't come anywhere else from, except a person. Turn back to Isaiah 9. Our passage this morning, listen to what Isaiah says as he prophesies, as he prepares the way for the coming of Christ. He says in verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Do you see what his name is? Prince of Peace. So often we, we, we manage to put um, our peace in so many other things when it is Christ himself. He's the ruler, he's the author, he's the perfecter, he's the sustainer, he's the giver of peace. And, and what that means is that instead of surrendering to our circumstances, we need to surrender to a person. See, if you were struggling with peace in your life, I will bet you anything it's because you're in control of your life. If you are struggling to find peace and to maintain peace in your life, I bet beyond a shadow of doubt that you have put your trust in something other than the one who is the prince of peace. That you have put, you, need, you and I need to surrender. Surrender to a person. I, I think this is why the psalmist says this. He says in, in, in Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I love that verse, but you know what a better translation of that is? Stop striving and know that I'm God. Surrender. Give up the control. Give up what your plans are and what all that other stuff is that you think that you have to maintain and you have to control and stop striving. Stop pushing against me. Stop pushing against my love for you. Stop pushing against my grace for you. Stop pushing against my plan for you. Stop striving and just stop. Be still and know I'm God. And if I was the psalmist, I would probably add, and you're not. Because that's where the problem comes, isn't it? Be still. Know that I'm God. I See, I think more than any other time in history, we need to be a people that learn how to pause. Aren't we? We're always going somewhere, aren't we? Aren't, we're always going, and, and I remember even w with my kids and stuff. You know, there, there's soccer and there's baseball and there's this and there's band and this, and we're always just going and going and going and going and going. There's always something else to do. It's, it's a problem of having an office at home, because I will sit there and be like, oh, I can do this now and I can work on this and stuff, and and I'm a workaholic if I'm not careful. And so we're always doing something. I think what God is saying is like, you need to stop, pause. 
I, I don't remember who the author is, but he read a, wrote a great book about building margin in your life. You know what margin is? It's that space on the paper where you don't write. It's blank, it's empty, but there's space there. I think God is calling us to build a little margin, to pause. I think when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling like the world just kind of crashing in and just thinking everything's out of control, we need to stop. Take a breath. And repeat to ourselves once again what Jesus says. Peace, be still. Wherever you're at. This week and the last crazy week before Christmas, with all like, I still got to shop, I still got to do this, I still got to do that. Maybe in the midst of that, you need to just stop in the middle of a mall. <laughs> Take a breath. And listen to Jesus say once again, peace, be still. Just know that he's God. Know that no matter what you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, he's bigger. He's already got a plan in place. He knows what's going to happen. Who better to trust? He has your best interest in mind. Listen, the best dream you have for your life can't even come close to the dream God has for you. And so we understand that and we know that. And so we just stop and we breathe. Because peace is a person, not a circumstance. Listen, I, I can tell you, I have dealt with this all week because for me, peace is not a bigger building. Peace is not more people in a bigger church. Peace is not a better bank account or a better salary. Peace is not my own house. And, all that. and I've just been hit with that over and over this week that my peace lies in one place, the person of Jesus Christ. That's my peace. Nothing else will give me that peace. Nothing. And so, yes, we can have peace in the midst of the chaos because we know peace is a person. And then finally this morning, peace is for all. It's for everyone. It was meant for everyone. But we, we look at our world right now and we can honestly all say that the world is not at peace, is it? I mean, just look at the Middle East. Look at everywhere. The, our world is not at peace, and we know that when Christ came, he entered his plan to give us peace, and that one day he's going to return again, and he's going to complete the task, and there will be peace. But in the midst of that, in, in the craziness of this world and all that, we get an opportunity to reveal what peace looks like. In fact, peace can shine brightest in us who know Jesus. Literally, people should be looking at us. If you're a follower of Christ this morning, people should be looking at us and says, how are you dealing with this craziness? How are you just okay? Because we know peace is a person. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. This is a crazy prayer. And Paul writes in verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your crust be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that insane? Just don't be anxious about anything. 
Don't worry about the bank accounts. Don't worry about world politics. Don't worry about all that's happening in the world. Don't be anxious about anything, but just let God know what you're feeling. Be honest with them. By the way, you're never going to offend God. I think so often when we pray, we're so careful, like, well, God, I just, there's so many people that are probably worse off than me, and you don't want to deal with my stuff, and God, I don't, I don't want to upset you because I'm struggling right now. He already knows. So be honest. I, I love it. I, I, get, I get strange looks because God and I had the best conversations when I'm driving. And I talk out loud when I talk to God. And I get the most interesting looks as people drive past me. Either they slow way down or they speed really up and they go past because they see no one else in the car. But I know God's there. And I sit there and, and I yell at God. says, I don't like this and I don't understand this. And, and God just, this is how I'm feeling and I'm frustrated. And why did you do it this way? And God, church, great idea. But why did you put me in charge of this one? Because that was, that was stupid. And I, and I just get all crazy with God. And I can be honest with him, and not once has God ever said, like, you hurt my feelings. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because we can be honest. We can share all that stuff. But I love this prayer. Give God everything. And a peace which, which we can't even begin to comprehend will guard our hearts. And I love that Paul says we'll guard our minds because that's mostly where peace leaves us, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I'm a worst-case scenario guy. I'm always the worst-case scenario. In my own head, like literally, I will live out an entire day in like five minutes just going, well, I had this conversation. Oh, this, this, she's going to come back, and they're going to say this, and that's going to happen, and then, oh, it's all going to blow up, and I'm going to live in a ditch. And then I go through the day, and none of that happens. See, see, this peace that God offers and says this is for you will guard our hearts and our minds when we give it all to him. And, and the really cool thing is, is that more than anything, instead of changing the circumstances as we pray, as we pause, as we get to know God more, more than changing the circumstances, what God does best is he changes our heart. So that we can look at that and we can look at through the lens and the eyes of God. Let me tell you something. When you look at this world through God's lenses, nothing is out of control. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too big. Because our, our God it, it is bigger. God changes our hearts. In fact, that's what Jesus, that's what he promised us. In, in John 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. My peace I give to you. Not the world's peace that says you can only be peaceful when you have enough money or you have enough stuff or you have the right friends or you have the right church or you have the right stuff. All that, all that other things. You can be peaceful then. Jesus says, no, I give you my peace. Which means it doesn't matter what's happening out there, that you are secure, you are loved, you are forgiven, you are redeemed, everything is set for you. You are okay, so don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Because there's nothing that they can do to you. That's the peace. <coughs> That's the peace we so desperately need. 
See, the, the, the really good news this morning is that Jesus knows the end of the story. We even do. Just read the last book. By the way, I don't want to spoil this for you. We win. <laughs> this is the one time that it's okay to go to the end of the book and read that. That there is a day coming where there will be no more tears, no more sickness, no more dying, no more crying, no more war, no more poverty, no more starvation, no more brutality, none of that stuff. All the things of this world pass away. Jesus says at the end of this book, he says, behold, I am making everything new. I know the end of the story, Jesus says, and so we can trust that. This promise that he says, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, is for us every single day. And when we understand and when we live in the fact that peace is a person, not a situation, when we live in that, we will shine forth peace and the world will look at us and say, I don't understand. How do I get that? We live in a world right now, we live in a community right now where everyone is looking for hope everywhere else other than God. If it weren't so, those gambling places wouldn't have reopened a week after they shut them all down. If it weren't so, I wouldn't see lines at the lottery ticket place at the gas station every single day. If it weren't so, I wouldn't be getting phone calls saying, you know, my husband left, my wife left, we were this, and all, this, all the struggles, all said, we live in a world that is broken and hurting. And they are desperately looking for a place of hope, a place of peace. We carry that when we live out our faith. That promise is true. And I pray, I pray for the day. I long for the day when Jesus returns. I'll be out of a job. <laughs> Amen. I know, I'll be out of a job. They, there's no preachers needed in heaven. There's one preacher, one church. We don't have to decide where we're going to go and stuff. And, and your pew, don't worry about it. We're all going to be standing the entire time or falling on our face the other rest of the time. So it's all good. I long for that day. I long for the day when I don't have to look at people broken and hurting and, and going just wandering around this planet like lost sheep. But until that day, I have peace. Because my peace is a person, is Jesus. He's never broken his word. And he's coming back. Just as we prepare for Christmas and the Advent, the coming of Christ in the world, today we wait expectantly for him to come back. And in the midst of that, we can have peace. I love Dwight L. Moody, one of my favorite preachers of all time said this a great many people are trying to make peace but that has already been done god has not left it for us to do all we have to do is to enter into it there's nothing you need to do this morning to garnish peace for your life except to enter into a relationship with him it's always available it's always there
And in a week or two, when the lights come down and the trees get burned and everyone's gone and the toys you bought or you got, they're already broken, (laughs) or you're in line saying, I really didn't need another tie for my kids, (laughs) that peace is still available. May it shine in us this year. May we know it no matter what's going on out there no matter what comes our way this year, to know that we can live and dwell in peace because it's a person. This morning, I just, as we close this journey into Advent, I just want to give you a chance to respond to that. I, I don't know what, what hurts are in your life right now. I don't know what struggles are in your life right now. I don't, I don't know what's going on and all the craziness. But I know one thing for sure. God says, peace, be still. I already did all the work. All you have to do is step into it. And so this morning, maybe as the band gets ready to come back up, maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe you just need to sit there and be still and and, and just listen to God just say once again, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Whatever it is, let let God have his work in you this morning. Don't leave the same you came in. And let's see what he does. Let's pray.